Hello again. It's indomitable, incorrigible Ingrid here. And time for episode number five. Can you believe it? Number five of my bi-weekly podcast, Sustainable Mom. Yet again, it has been a marvellous fortnight. Yes, it has. And this time I'm not telling you about something that happened that was beautiful in nature or outdoors. I'm going to tell you that I had a marvellous fortnight because I got to see two of my female friends again who I have not seen for ages. Any sustainable mums or sustainable dads out there, I can imagine that you also understand when I say in times of a pandemic, when you've got children and you've got a job, it's really even harder than normal to get to see your friends. And these particular two ladies I haven't seen for ages. I managed to meet up with one for coffee and the other one, we even managed to drink a glass of wine with each other in the evening. That hasn't happened for a long time. And we could have had more than one glass of wine, except we're both mothers. So we were kind of already falling over after one glass of wine because both of us were being as sustainable as possible. And we didn't go by car. We didn't meet each other and arrived by car. I came on the bike and she came on her son's scooter jobby, not the one with the motor, you know, the one where you push with your feet. Anyway, I had such a nice time seeing both of them. They're both friends who, like me, are living in a foreign country, who grew up somewhere else and who are now here with their children and their husbands. I really find it pleasurable and very supportive to see them because we share a lot of the same difficulties and we can give each other a bit of a leg up and cheer each other on. We're doing okay. We're getting there. We're coping as best we can and we're being as good parents as we can. So that was really something marvellous over the last fortnight. And as you know, I would then like to carry on with my podcast by telling you about some of my antics over the last 14 days. So vamos, vamos. Walkies. The name of this fortnight's podcast is Walkies because I am a proponent of walking. I love walking. I walk a lot. The family walks with me a lot. There is a lot I can say about walking. I could go on forever about walking, but I won't. But I do want to tell you today some reasons that walking is sustainable and that walking is something that is part of our lives and has some yeah, really great facet that you might not be aware of. So the first thing that needs to be said is that walking for me is something I grew up with. I didn't discover walking now. I grew up with a mum who didn't have a car, she didn't have a driving license, and we didn't have enough money anyway to have a car. So my whole childhood was punctuated by walking everywhere. And it was normal. And I then met hubby. And hubby, unusually for this country, also grew up walking frequently in his childhood because his family loved walking and he was introduced to it quite early. So for the two of us, it's something very natural and normal. So we now have children. And due to the fact that a pandemic started, you might have heard, we were confronted with lockdown, which for anyone who lives with children and has experienced is very challenging because children can't understand the ins and outs of lockdown as well as adults can. And in order to stop us all going insane, 
we quickly discovered that leaving the house once a day was really something that had to be done. It was permitted, I have to say, in lockdown here. You were allowed to leave the house for essential things like, you know, buying food <laughs> and toilet paper. But if you needed to stretch your legs, get some exercise or for your mental well-being, you were also told, yes, you can leave to walk. So we did. We started right at the beginning of the lockdown. And one and a half years later, we're still walking every day, come rain or shine. And why are we walking in all weathers? Well, I come from somewhere where it rains a lot. So walking in the rain for me is no different to walking in dry weather. And the children are very used to going for a walk in the rain, jumping in muddy puddles. Peppa Pig, anyone? That's quite fun for children, but also for grown-ups too. Don't knock it till you've tried it. And I must tell you a little anecdote about walking in the rain. Because when the children were smaller, like a decade ago, we walked in the rain. And there was one Okay, no, there were two occasions at least, actually. There were two occasions at least when we were walking near the house and a very well-meaning local car driver slowed down, wound down the window and asked us, are you all right? Do you need a lift somewhere? Can I help? And of course, I said, no, no, it's fine. We're having a walk. Everything's okay. But I do have to say that the look of bewilderment on those occasions was, was most amusing for me because obviously walking in the rain is not something that everybody perceives as being a usual way of spending a rainy afternoon. So we like walking in the rain. We also like walking in the dark. We often go out in the dark because there can be some fantastic views, starry skies and full moons. We have been known to do a full moon walk when really the moon is at its highest in the sky and it's quite late. Obviously, you can't do that if your children are tiny. But when we go out in the dark, of course, we think about the fact we need to be visible, especially if we're walking near roads. So, yes, we, we have those things you can attach to your clothing, lights, blinking lights. And we have clothes with reflective strips on as well. Yeah, we're, we're very careful about our safety. Make sure we're visible. And walking in the dark has been something we've also had <laughs> for a few years as a family tradition. Because when the children were a lot smaller, they, they used to get scared in the evening sometimes and say, oh, we need to check. There's no monsters nearby, you know, in the garden. So we started off by developing a monster check, going outdoors in the evening, and checking. There's no monsters hiding under the hedge or in next door's garden. And the monster check developed and became a bit bigger. And monster check then became an excuse to go for a walk in the evening. And in lockdown... We continued our tradition of walking every day and that was sometimes in the evening and not to be unfair to the sun. We do walk in the sunshine too. I am not the biggest fan of sunshine, I have to say, if I'm being honest. It's not weather that I appreciate a lot coming from a country where it rains. But after I'd had my big operation, that was in July and the hospital where I had been operated on, I think I was there for six or seven days after the operation and they had said to me oh you'll be able to go home after seven or eight days and when it came to it they did not want to let me leave the hospital to discharge me until I had proven that I could walk around the block with my obviously with my drip <laughs> on its stand 
and wearing those extremely attractive hospital pyjamas with the big gap up the backside. Um, yeah, hubby and the kids came to visit me every day, of course. I was very lucky. And we quickly developed this routine of when they came, I would go for a walk with them around the hospital grounds. And it was very sunny. It was July. It was really hot. And to be honest, I would have preferred not to have to go outside. But I did get, I, I got myself a sun hat, this like floppy white thing to protect my head. And of course, sunglasses, because the medical staff said, you're not allowed to have any sun on your head or in your face, but you have to go outside for a walk. So we managed and I discovered that walking in the sunshine is not that bad, as long as you're protected. So that leads me back to my original comment. Walking come rain or shine is something that is now very firmly a part of family life for us. And walking in all weathers is possible. But why would you want to walk every day? Well, I have it on very good authority that walking every day is the absolute best form of preventative health care that there is. And I do know what I'm talking about. I really do. I was informed of this fact by all the brilliant staff who were looking after me during my rehab. And before anyone gets the wrong idea, rehab here is not the same as what I understood with the word rehab when I grew up, because some people understand the word to mean um, what you do after you've been battling a drug addiction or a gambling addiction and you go to some hall and sit around in a circle of chairs and talk to each other about your addiction problems. That is completely incorrect for what rehab means here. Rehab here is short for rehabilitation, which of course means trying to get yourself back to a good place after having been very ill or having had an accident or a big operation. And I had rehab, I was allowed to have rehab after my huge operation. I had orthopedic rehab and it was, oh, it was, it was awful while I was in the middle of it, but it really helped. And the staff knew what they were talking about. I mean, all of them, the physiotherapists and the doctors and the mental health trainers. And yeah, it was, it was absolutely amazing. It taught me that I only have this one body. And that brings me on to another point that's important for me to bring up. We're in episode five of this podcast series. I hope there will be more episodes. Uh, and I called the podcast Sustainable Mum. Looking back, I shouldn't have maybe used the word mum because it kind of excludes dads. But I hope that sustainable dads out there don't feel excluded too much. I mean, this is, yeah, the podcast is about trying to be a sustainable parent. But why did I say sustainable? Well, you might think it's just because I'm trying to be aware of the environment and trying to make sure that I don't damage the planet too much, which is partly what I mean when I say sustainable mum. But I also do like the second meaning of the word sustainable, because if something is sustained, then it means it's maintained at length without any interruption or without any weakening. And that is how I see myself. I want to be sustainable. I want to be a sustainable person for myself. I don't want to die. <laughs> Not yet. I know I will, but I don't want to die just yet. There's so much more I want to do and I want to be there for my children. I'm sure that anyone who has children will understand the feeling you get in your gut. 
you don't want to die until you know that your children can manage and therefore you need to stay fit and healthy as long as possible. So being a sustainable parent is really top of the agenda for me and for hubby and therefore trying to be sustainable mum or dad and look after yourself. I think that's worth knowing something about. So healthcare, prevention, preventative healthcare, making sure you stay as fit as you can and as healthy as you can is something that you can give your children a building block for life. The children see how I've struggled and they see now how our daily walks are really something that improve not just my physical health or theirs, but our mental health too. Because getting outdoors and breathing in some fresh air really (laughs) is a fantastic thing to do. And after having talked a little bit about how you can walk in all weathers, I would also like to talk about walking as a method of transport. That shouldn't be forgotten because it doesn't just need to be looked at as something pleasurable you can do. It's actually very useful. Walking can get you to a place and you can do something. And I now would like to define the different lengths that I walk because walking in the mornings um, is a much shorter walk than maybe walking in the evening. The walk in the morning has come about because the children are using the bus more now. When the weather is lighter, brighter, warmer, they cycle to school. We're very lucky the school is close enough that they can cycle to. But when the seasons change and it gets a little bit darker in the mornings and it's colder and sometimes it's icy or there's lots of rain and the roads are slippery, cycling is not so great. So we also have a bus, a school bus, which the children have a bus pass for. And the bus stop, where the bus goes from, the nearest one to us is not round the corner. It's a 20 minute walk away. So in the morning, we leave the house and walk to the bus stop. And I then have the chance to stretch my legs, say goodbye to the children at the bus stop and know that they're going to get to school okay. And then I also get to see people regularly now because the walk has become regular. I see dog walkers a lot. No surprise there. I mean, they have to walk the dog and it's kind of become something I look forward to, to seeing the same people and saying good morning and smiling, making some eye contact having a friendly start to the day. I mean, maybe they're just smiling at me because I'm very bright. I wear extremely loud colours and maybe my bright yellow coat or my checked red and blue coat makes them smile. But it's nice that they smile and say hello. And so the short walk to the bus stop gets the children to their mode of transport for getting to school. Then I have the walks between my errands because I also sometimes do my errands on foot. I can't always do my errands on foot. I don't live in the city or in a big town. I did live in London, so I I used to do everything with just a walk down the high street, you know, all the shops and the post office and the bank, everything in one place. That was quite easy. But now I don't live in a city. I live in, um, well, it's not a village and it's not a town. It's kind of in the middle. And yeah, I have to plan. If I'm going to do my errands on foot, I do have to plan. I need to make sure I've got the right basket or rucksack and I need to make a list. I do like my lists. A good to-do list you can't beat. I get out of the house and I use myself as a way of doing shopping, going to the pharmacy or going to the florist or whatever. I feel like a French woman, by the way, when I do that. I think the French are great how they go out every day and buy things from the market. 
I wish I wish that we had more markets, but not everywhere is France. I do like to walk to do my errands. So that's another way I use walking as a good method of transport. If I lived in London, by the way, or any other city, Paris would be nice. Then, of course, I could walk more by getting out one stop earlier, you know, on the underground or on the bus, just getting off one stop earlier and walking a bit further to the shops. On the days when I have no errands to do, then I need to think about how else can I walk as a method of transport. And now I do like walking up and down the stairs at work when I can, because luckily for me, I work in a big building. We have five or six floors. My shared office space is on the fourth floor. So I get the chance to walk up lots of stairs. And that's good. I shouldn't always take the lift. It's useful, of course, but walking is great. And even though I still wheeze when I get to the fourth floor, it's not getting any easier. It doesn't matter. I'm doing something good and I'm perambulating. I'm using myself as a method of transport. I like that. And my final method of transport depiction is a way of doing something very helpful for hopefully the animals living near us for nature because we now go plogging. Gherkin and I, I have to say this was brought about by Gherkin. She heard about plogging. It's where, in case you don't know what plogging is, it's an amalgam of jogging and I think picking up litter. That's where the put and the look comes from. And plogging is where you jog around. We don't, we walk, but you jog around and you pick up litter at the same time. And we now plog near our house. When we plog, we find some time together, go out with our bags. And Gherkin now has this kind of grabby stick, a stick with a grabby handle thing on the end. You have to squeeze a handle on one end and at the other end, these like calipers open and you can pick up stuff. And it means you can pick up rubbish without getting your hands mucky or touching anything that might be dangerous or dirty. Today we went plogging. It was great. We did one hour and we managed to fill two plastic carry bags completely full. Must have weighed a couple of kilos, everything we picked up. The bag for the recyclable rubbish, that was very satisfying because we really filled it up with plastic bottles and cans, lots of tin cans. I want to say at this point, shame on you, beer drinkers who drink out of cans or energy drink drinkers, because those were all the cans. We didn't have any other cans apart from beer and energy drink. And really, is it too hard to look for a bin? Really. But if you're interested to see the size of the bags due to the wonders of technology and to my extremely talented tech manager, Big Boy. There will be a link from this podcast, I think from the description, to I think my Twitter account page. Not sure how to name it, describe it. Yeah, apparently the photo that I took of our plogging bounty can be seen when you click on the correct link. So thank you very much, big boy, for doing that. Actually, thank you, big boy, full stop. I have to say a big thank you this week. He is the one that makes it possible for me to talk because I can talk till the cows come home, but I wouldn't have a clue how to get this out into the virtual world. And he's my tech manager. He organizes everything and he advises me on how to speak, how loud, to, how loudly to speak, how long to speak for. 
and we have this super we have this really super uh technique now i wasn't speaking in the right direction at the beginning to the microphone it's very peculiar talking to a microphone so big boy he got me rick astley to talk to i have rick astley on the cassette cover of whenever you need somebody from 1987 an original cassette may i point out i bought it with my pocket money and Rick is now situated on the shelf behind the microphone and I can see him now and I have to talk to Rick. Those are the instructions. Talk to Rick, mummy. So thank you, big boy, for being my tech manager. And added to that, a big hello to my colleague slash friend. I, I hope she's my friend as well. Daisy, I'm using a pseudonym. She listened to my podcast. I asked her to because I was a bit concerned that it might not be the right sort of thing and she said that it's very professional and that's all down to tech manager big boy so i really want to say thank you to him for helping me to get this out there before i i leave you this fortnight i do have two more things i want to say i have a, a comment about walking and i have a tip which has got nothing to do with walking but to do with cooking so first to the comment about walking i don't know if i have the right impression of North America. My impressions are formed by watching TV. And I, yeah, I've never been to the US of A. I have been to Canada once, but I was working. But the impression I have of North America is that a lot of people don't walk distances, short distances, because they use the car for everything. And you see this on the TV or in films. Sometimes people like drive a short distance to go down to their mailbox and pick up something or they drive a short distance like in town to go and buy something and there are often no pavements to be seen so if I were really famous and my podcast had an audience of millions then I would use my influence to contact James Corden or Hugh Laurie because they're two British people I know who have settled in the big US of A and I would ask them is it true that people don't walk very far? But I may be completely incorrect. If you are somebody who lives in North America and this is absolute rubbish, I'd love it if you would correct me because I can't believe that people don't walk anywhere. I can't believe that. So that's the comment I wanted to make. And this, the tip that I've got for you this fortnight is to do with cooking. Again, because being a sustainable mum or parent has a lot to do with cooking. <laughs> I'm always cooking. They never stop eating. This fortnight, I found a really nice organic vegetarian recipe. It was a vegetarian day because we have vegetarian days and fish days and we do eat meat occasionally. But this was a vegetarian day and I needed courgette for my recipe. And I didn't have everything. I went out on my bike to get the remaining veggies. And the place where I was shopping, they didn't have courgettes packed at all in a nice way there, there was a kilo of courgettes packed in plastic and I didn't need a kilo I only needed one and I didn't want to buy the plastic and so I looked around at the other shelves and thought what can I use instead of courgette and my eye landed on the kohlrabi which were very local from just down the road so I bought the kohlrabi instead and instead of grating the courgette into the recipe I grated the kohlrabi and I'll tell you what, it was great because the children actually don't like kohlrabi very much. And this time I hid it in the recipe because it was grated and there was loads of garlic and oregano in there. So you couldn't really taste the kohlrabi. But I have to admit that's a confession because 
I didn't tell the children. But it's a confession, which is not the first one I could make. I have done that before in my cooking. I've hidden mushrooms by whizzing them up really small. I've hidden them in a vegetable strudel. I like making an autumnal vegetable strudel. The mushrooms get hidden in the mashed potato and the children don't notice them there either. They don't normally like mushrooms because they're all slimy. So that's my tip slash confession for you. You can hide different vegetables in your recipes if you can't find the ones you're supposed to use and not anybody will notice. Okay, I think that is enough for this fortnight. I think I've spoken for longer than I have over the previous four episodes. So if you're still here at the end of the podcast, well done to you. You've obviously got a good stamina. I would like to thank you again if you have taken the time to listen and to give me some of your very precious minutes. I hope, as always, that many, many good things happen to you and your loved ones in the next 14 days. And I wish you all the best for now. Take care of yourselves and toodle 